another episode of Pop Culture Over Pizza. We have uh, a nice episode going on today. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the news as usual, some stuff going on obviously with Avengers Endgame coming out very, very shortly. And we're going to have a discussion about um, the possibility of, and this is all theoretical, maybe introducing some sort of ultimate universe into the MCU, something I was thinking about uh after checking out some of the comics and all of that stuff in recent times, rereading some stuff that I have been rereading in the past. But anyway, I ramble. I am Jose. Baratheon Balrog, for the night is dark and full of towers. <laughs> Metatron. And this is Antenta Walt. Antenta Kupo. Antenta Kupo. I guess we're still a little bit stuck on the sports episode and the, uh, the and Greek freak as most likely to win the MVP. Take. Indeed. I don't know. Names. names. There's no names. But anyways, anyways, guys, welcome to another episode. We're going to hop right into the things that we've been geeking out about over the week. I will get us started. Um, this week I've been geeking about, geeking out about. Uh, I haven't seen more than a couple episodes so far, but I was a big, 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 big fan of the movie that came out a few years ago. What We Do in the Shadows. I don't know if you guys have seen it, we have. but it is one of the best mock documentaries that you will ever see, in my opinion. I absolutely love that movie. There is a TV show um, that is on FX. Uh, came out just a couple of weeks ago, the first episode. Uh, and it's, uh, it's basically the same premise as the movie. Okay, Different vampires. Different vampires. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same premise, but it's, it's basically like these vampires live in a flat in the modern world. Uh, they have a familiar, just like they do in the in the movie. Uh, it's actually interesting for us New Yorkers because they're they're in Staten Island. In oh, are they? They're in Staten Island. Yeah, they I saw the first Island. episode. I didn't get that. Yeah, Vamp- yeah. vampires that live. No, they mentioned it. They did. They mentioned. So it. I must have been watching. Must have missed that Vampires <laughs> yeah. that live in a flat in Staten Island. Well, it's a flat, I guess, in the movie, basically, because they're in New Zealand. But in this, I guess, they live in an apartment in Staten Island, basically, because we don't use the what? word flat over here. <laughs> Nobody uses that word. Uh, or they live in a house, I think, it's that now that actually would be more specific. But okay. Vampires yeah. that live in a co-op. Vampires, exactly. They live, they live uh, <laughs> in Staten Island, which basically is the Jersey of New York. But anyways, uh, I've been geeking out about that because I love the documentary style of, the, of that. I, I love the, the creators of the show. Um, they were the stars of the, the original movie. Um, and so far, it's been really funny. It's kind of the same. Again, it's the same like office-style mockumentary-type show. And the jokes are, are pretty solid so far. It's about as funny, I would say, as the movie. Um, just for having seen the first episode, basically, I, I like its potential so far. I think it's a concept that can go for a little while. And who knows? They can introduce different vampires. It could be like the real world. They can have you know, vampires living in different apartments all over the world. Maybe season one is Staten Island. Maybe season two is Atlanta. Yeah. Who the heck knows? But I really, really like it so far. Um, the other thing I'm geeking out about is more related to something that I've been doing personally, but I am a cryptocurrency investor, and if you are invested in cryptocurrency, you probably made a lot of money this week. So I was kind of geeking out on that. Um, to, to brag about it a little bit, um, I don't have a lot of skin or a lot of money in the game, but I did increase the overall value of my entire portfolio about 25% in like three days. So like, by the way, like uh, Bitcoin was at about... $4,000. It skyrocketed in a few days to over $5,000. It settled around there. All the other big ones like Bitcoin Cash, which was $166 when this big streak started, 
ended at over 330, so that doubled in a few days. Uh, if anybody's invested in this kind of crap, I'm not going to go into it for way too long. But you made some money this weekend. Uh, for all you crypto people out there, I hope that you enjoyed uh, a bit of a rally and Ooh. made some cash. So come on, guys. Tell us what you all have been geeking out about uh, for the last week. Mr. Balrog, can you can you tell us a little bit about it, my friend? All right. So it's not about what I've been geeking out the past week, but what I'm geeking out what for what's to come. Mm-hmm. I officially landed a fashion interview slice. And it is to happen very, very soon with a fashion designer from Spain. She is visiting. And, um, don't ask how we met, but I was able to land the uh, the interview date. And uh, it's going to happen. My first ever legit fashion slice. We're going to talk about what's hot in Spain, what are the trends there, how and why this person became a fashion designer and whatnot. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be an informal um, podcast. So it's not going to really sound like like how this is a formal podcast. It's going to be more of like a conversation mm-hmm. in a public setting, specifically a restaurant. So, you know, it's it's going to be something worth hearing and something new to hear as well. And it's just going to be worth it overall. Just a little bit of an expansion. Hey, if you guys are interested in the fashion aspects of the podcast, then Mr. Balrog is going to have a little bit of insider, uh, let's say candid info from a designer that will be coming to you uh, later on. Uh, we'll be recording that in just a couple of days. Anyways, guys, that's an awesome geek out. That's pretty cool, actually, to get like a new opportunity and to uh, to to maybe stretch out our interview chops. Hopefully, we can start doing that at conventions and stuff like that. But moving on to what we're geeking out about, my friend Meta, tell us what you have been geeking out about. Well, aside from crafting a bronze shield at school, it's been swell, even though it's been very, like, uh, it's been a week. (laughs) But my slight reprieve from being a very overtaxing week Mm -hmm. is continuing forward in my viewership of Dragon Ball Z Kai, the final chapters. Oh, yeah. And I just got up to the part where he, uh, where they're fighting Super Buu. Oh, wow, you and <clears throat> Vegito just turned into a candy mm-hmm. and then proceeded to own Super Boo as a small candy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't wrap my head around that. It's wonderful, though. It's wonderful. No. It's like, it's like, a, like a little piece of gum or something, how, like a jawbreaker. But how does that work? He, anatomic. <laughs> he's a candy. <laughs> hey. He doesn't have a brain. He doesn't have internal organs. He's a literal piece of chocolate. His essence is still in there, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) You don't have to explain all this stuff in Dragon Ball necessarily. It's it's just wonderfully ridiculous. Uh, And that's why I enjoyed it. Uh, Aside from that, I've been really enjoying it so far. More than I thought I would. Like, I get excited for Supernatural sometimes, but... Sometimes when they're talking, I'm like, just freaking fight already. Because <laughs> that's what I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have that problem on the show. Sometimes you do. Sometimes it's like several episodes of, of just basic exposition and dialogue. Uh, and then you have the Frieza fight where it's five minutes squeezed into like 20 episodes. It's like, <laughs> how can this possibly be five minutes? So yeah, Dragon Ball sometimes has a time continuity problem and all kinds of other continuity problems. Well, anyone that geeks out about Dragon Ball is a friend of mine. 
But Walt, why don't we jump into what you've been geeking out about? So I've been geeking out um, over a martial arts film that came out just recently. It's called Triple Threat. Mm -hmm. um, it actually released in China in on February 28th, and mm -hmm. it had a limited release for one day only in the States on um, March 19th, and was released video on demand and digitally March 22nd. That's how I saw it. I saw it on iTunes. Okay. Um, it's a 2019 film, obviously, and it stars Tony Ja, Aiko Uwais, mm -hmm. Tiger Chen, Scott Atkins, Michael Jai White, Michael Bisping. It has like okay. all these these B action stars as well as some super um, international stars, stars from like too, Indonesia right? and overseas and stuff like that. Bisping, right, was, was MMA, right? Bisping was, I believe, before though, I believe. Yes, and he was, I believe, the UFC lightweight champion, light light heavyweight champion. I believe. No, he was he was the middleweight division, was he not? Middleweight was he? I believe he was in the middleweight division. Yes, you know the UFC and mixed martial arts more than I do. Oh, he was. I remember him. He was a former light heavyweight champion in a different organization, and. When he started with sense. Ultimate Fighter, mm -hmm. um, he was the light heavyweight tournament winner. So, okay, makes sense. And then he he went into the UFC and became a middleweight here. Okay. okay, so okay. so there anyway. you go. So you have some cred there because um, you know Tony Ja. Obviously, he's a he's a great martial artist, and he's also an action star overseas. The same mm -hmm. thing with Ike Wyatt. He is um, his claim to fame is the Raid films, which are fantastic. If you haven't watched it. Please go out and watch it, especially if you're an action film fan. Mm -hmm. Great um, fight uh, choreography. Yep. The best. And you know what? Triple Threat kind of continues with that because the choreography here is great. You have Salat, which is featured. You have um, Kung Fu. You have Muay Thai. You know, you have all these different blends of, of martial arts. And, you know, these guys really go at it. Short on plot. Not too much character development. Mm -hmm. You're coming here for the action the action is awesome, both in terms of weapons and hand-to-hand. -hand. So Triple Threat is, is a really good film. It's Like I said, it's it, it reminds me really of like those 80s action films, okay. the, the whole Expendables type of thing. That sounds cool, though. But yeah. like I said, if you're an action film fan, this is one that you really need to watch. Okay. Wasn't Michael Chai White Spawn? He was, he was Spawn. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was, was also in the CW universe and as Bronze Tiger. And the, really? the mm -hmm. fantastic movie and cartoon television show, Black Dynamite, which if you guys haven't seen it, it's hilarious. Yeah, Michael, Michael Jai White has done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's been yeah. around for a while. As yeah. like, in like martial arts movies and comedies and stuff like that, he's been around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, you've got Scott, Scott Adkins, who is probably the the go-to guy for B-movie action films. And uh, I believe mm -hmm. they did mention that they were trying they were trying to look at him as Batman at one point. Um, hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that, but you know, he he does have the physicality to pull it off. Um, I don't know about the acting chops. Yeah, the acting chops are where I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, you talk, you, you say yourself, he's a B-movie actor, so that's not really the he's guy you want to be in. B movie actor. Yeah, like an A-list, like you know, DC comics movie, especially when Batman was just vacated in such a crazy way. But listen, for what for what it is, he does it well, you know, and uh, he's he's very very well versed in, in martial arts. 
as all of these guys are. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can see it on the screen. So, like I said, if you're into action, this is a movie you want to check out. Um, if you're looking for plot, this is not a movie you want to check out. So that's a good popcorn entertainment. All right, so beginning with um, some news, we'll start off with Space Jam, Space Jam Two, Bradley. Mm -hmm. So, um, from what I know, from what I remember, Space Jam Two was just a working title. It's supposed to be a reboot of the original Space Jam, mm -hmm. but right now, um, it's set, there's news that LeBron James is struggling to get the top NBA players to join this Space Jam reboot, and uh, yeah, I'm guessing there's. A big uh, financial issue going on. Yeah, the players want more money. It's always a financial issue, right? Mm -hmm. It makes sense too, because there's like a lot of competition with LeBron James. Some of it self-inflicted, where he basically called himself the greatest uh, and the king, and the goats. Yeah, the king that's not making it to the freaking playoffs. Exactly, the king, and then like the king that nobody wants to actually be in his court for this particular. And game. this is the thing: why, um, why is it always LeBron James? LeBron James, like, you know, I got mad respect for LeBron James, but like. There are other like top quality players on the league. You know, you got Harden, mm -hmm. you got Antetokounmpo, you <laughs> and um, I'll ignore those Justice League players. Um, you have um, what's it? We got Paul George. Mm -hmm. It's not just LeBron James. Come on, there there's so many other players that you could have as the protagonist in the movie, helping the Looney Tunes in I guess their second intergalactic basketball tournament against the Monstars. Yeah, I guess I'll put it this way. The best thing that they could do, actually, is not make LeBron James the star and make it kind of like the dream team. Just have a few NBA players all co-star in this movie. Exactly. And then he might actually have a chance to go to it. And then LeBron can sit at the end of the bench and not interact with the rest of his teammates like as he long does as, in L.A. Look, as long as, long as he's, like, <laughs> doing the, all the memes from a couple of seasons ago with Cleveland, his hands out, like, in frustration in this movie, yeah. then I'll definitely watch this movie just to see his frustration. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. so that's our news for... Um, for basketball for with LeBron James and Space Jam 2, or at least the working title, Space Jam Reboot. Uh, well, uh, Jose, tell us some um, other news. Ah, and some other news. A little bit of uh, DC, DCEU uh, information, uh, or, well, some not quite DCEU information, let's call it. There is a confirmed, confirmed Zack Snyder Justice League cut. Of course, Zack Snyder would confirm... This crap. It seems like the entire time that this this uh, Justice League and uh, you know Batman vs Superman. Oh, okay, we're uh, talking about the actual Justice League here, not the Golden yes, State Warriors. Yes, sir. The Justice League. <laughs> okay. Right, well, the Justice League with the DCU. Yeah, okay. You, know, you, you know, mess with me over here. But yeah, like the, the the Snyder cut exists, and it's it's just like Zack Snyder really just basically seems like he's just trying to make it very clear that he has nothing to do with the train wreck that was all of these movies, and that his version was better. <laughs> it seems like he's been doing that ever since these movies came out. He was also, I, I think, a little drunk when uh, when he was interviewed That's at the time. I think I think he was a little imbibed also at that point. Also true, which is so, why he would want to drop this big information, because it's all been <laughs> hints and little like, oh, I had this fun little idea for my cut. But no, no, he confirmed there is a cut, a Zack Snyder cut, which we'll probably still ever see. Probably still ever see it, because you're, you're assuming Warner Brothers... We'll never let that thing, thing see the light of day, especially with the recent success of Shazam, or well, at least the recent good reviews of Shazam, the projections for success for Shazam, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. But I don't know. You never know. You never know. Because maybe they, they look at it and they're like, this is a, a quick way to make a quick buck. You know? Possibly. Possibly. But I, I think the way that they kind of like 
have Snyder in limbo as the architect. Yeah, they should they should probably just they probably, won't, they probably won't allow that to happen. Stuff like this just makes the the cry for the Snyder cut louder. If if it does happen, I anticipate it would be something that would happen many many years from now. Kind of like the Blade Runner director's cuts that came exactly. out many years later that changed totally. the entire story and that were better. By the way, in my opinion, the Blade Runner director's cuts are better and more fleshed out and more awesome story. That's neither here nor there. But yes, Zack Snyder confirmed the existence the existence of his Justice League cut while super drunk. Damn you, Zack Snyder, for doing that. <laughs> Damn you, Zack Snyder. Onward and upward into some other news. Uh, some news about Avengers Endgame and ticket sales. Walt, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, Avengers Endgame tickets. <laughs> That went on sale on April second, and boy, did it crash the internet! <laughs> yeah, you know we Half the internet was down. Uh, I'm telling you, the the websites for for these movie movie ticketing uh, websites they could not handle the traffic. Um, it got to the point where there was people complaining that it was they were on wait lines on the internet to get these tickets for over an hour. Yeah, um, luckily it only took us 15 minutes to get. So we have our tickets. We and have we're our tickets. We're going to see it. Well, you know right? Um, yeah, we're going to go see it on the 26th. We should have the review of it up online either the 26th or early 27th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have our, our, our impressions and our quick review up as soon as possible yeah. for you guys. So me personally, when we when I was getting the tickets, it took about 15 minutes. I, sh I started with the Adam app, and um, I was able to get the tickets, but once it got to the payment information, it crashed. Um, so I ended up having to, and I wanted to go through the Atom because they were giving a, uh, a special commemorative poster created by Boss Logic, and and that poster oh, is for beautiful. Man. He's really expanding. Oh, absolutely. So I, I was a little disappointed that I couldn't do it that way. I ended up getting go, going through Fandango, and Fandango worked perfectly, but I did it really, really early. Like, the second that um, those tickets went on sale, I was already on the website. As the day got further along, mm -hmm. things got worse. And so, you know, we got to the point where people were just up in arms. And so the interesting thing is that now, with the fervor of everybody trying to get these tickets, mm -hmm. um, they're being sold on eBay for like hundreds and thousands of dollars. Why don't you get us two sets of tickets, man? Uh, you know us. what? I didn't they know. The podcast. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I should sell these tickets and stuff. Actually, well, yeah. we, we can't possibly. Can't we have that. a duty to our audience. Yes, I know. We don't want to risk that. We have digital tickets. Can can we sell them that? We'll just fight our way into the into the crowd to see the the show times anyway. Well, listen to some of the some of the the prices that it's going for. There's one uh, on eBay for a New Jersey showing uh -huh. that's selling for fifteen thousand dollars. I wonder if that actually. Well, that's still selling for that price. I'm assuming. <laughs> I doubt somebody's going to buy it. Are you? Why? I can see it for a couple you, you'd thousand. be surprised. I can see it for a couple thousand, 15,000. I'm not so sure. One, it's like, this is what, what happens whenever they release a new console. Listen, also. there was a bid in New York City and Manhattan that reached $9,199 for two tickets. Two. For two tickets. Two. And there was <laughs> another bid in the same AMC theater in Manhattan that had just reached $5,000. These things are going like hotcakes. So, you know, I know you mentioned the Bitcoins. Maybe people should be investing in Endgame tickets because yeah. this thing is ridiculous. Or just buy some Marvel stock. Are they publicly traded? I have no idea. 
It doesn't um, matter. I'm pretty sure they are. What's, what's our best guess? Because I see some projections for $300 billion for that opening weekend. Do you think it's going to hit that? I don't think so. I think I think the latest, yeah, I think the latest had it at like 250 260 But the interesting thing is that this could reach a billion dollars that first weekend because China is opening at the same time. And China usually is, is um, a couple of weeks behind. This will be so if it opens at the same time as the general release, yeah. this could be the first movie that hits one billion one weekend in the first weekend, which is crazy. That's yeah, that'll be the fastest that that amount of money has ever been made in the history of mankind. I'm gonna say one more thing <laughs> before we move on. Um, the guy that owned that that runs Fandango, he said this is the first time he's ever seen this type of activity on his website in over 19 years. So you can tell how big this movie is going to be. I'm not surprised. I do want to make a mention. We're looking at an article from Fortune.com about the Avengers Endgame pre-sale ticket fiasco. I do want to uh, put a quick mention out for uh, the Alex Tribble and his really, really awesome tweet uh, of an illustration of buying Avengers Endgame tickets. I can give you a little bit of a visual picture. Maybe we can put this up a little bit later. It's just the, the seating chart that you usually see when you're buying tickets on Adam or Fandango. Oh, I saw that. And it, half of it is basically fading away like Thanos snap. <laughs> if you want to take a look at it, guys, this yes. is what it looks like. I thought okay. that was like relatively entertaining. To be perfectly honest <laughs> By the way, I do have to give a quick congratulations and a quick shout out to at Boss Logic. He has a really awesome Instagram page if you guys haven't checked it out. He does really, really incredible artwork where he reimagines characters. Uh, he does fan casting. There was a really cool Robert Pattinson as Batman a little while back. He did a, a lot of, of really, really great artwork, and he's really been moving up in the industry in just recent months alone. Uh, it's really cool to see. I had no idea that he had like something that they were giving away as a promotion on Adam. That's huge. It's a beautiful poster. It's, I'm, I'm sure that it is. got to check it out at some point. That's really, really cool, really interesting information. Congratulations, Boss Logic. You're freaking awesome. Shout out to you, buddy. Moving along, moving along. Let's talk a lot, a little bit more news. Well, this one isn't really on. so much news, more a commemoration of a birthday. Nostalgia. And today, the birthday we will be celebrating is The Matrix. Woo! 20 years. We're not going to talk about sequels. But I will say this much. We can talk about sequels I will say the Matrix does hold a special place in my heart because it does hold a record for the movie that I have seen in theaters the absolute most, uh, more than any other movie. I saw the Matrix in theaters 12 times. Oh, basically, basically, uh, those that that spring, I anybody that, that I could basically gather to go see that movie, I was like, hey, have you seen the Matrix? No. Let's go see The Matrix. Trust me, I love it. Like, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be awesome. The action is weird. And, yeah, it, it's still one of my favorite action movies. It does hold a special place in my heart because of the great kung fu action, because of the awesome mind-bending storyline, the crazy philosophy. Um, but, yeah, The Matrix, I saw it many, 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 many times. Uh, it redefined it science fiction at that point. It did, and and you look at and action too, action yeah. films. You look at least you in the United at, States. Yeah, you look at um, you know, the movies that came after it, and you know, a lot of it was influenced by the Matrix. So, Matrix was a very big release back then. What was it, nineteen ninety nine? Including another really good movie, by the way, that I always like to mention in the same breath as the Matrix, 
Equilibrium, Equilibrium. Uh, which is an awesome movie with Christian Bale. Uh, it had a very cool stylized martial art in it, the Gun Fu, the Gun Kata, gun kata yes. uh, which was really cool also. I just mentioned it because that's a good example of how movies around that time period were heavily influenced by The Matrix. I think it came out just after The Matrix. So, and they even had the long leather jacket. Right. I think there was probably, like, they were trying to make a parallel movie at that time to see if they could hit it big. They probably thought the idea was pretty good, maybe. They heard about The Matrix and have no idea. But it, it was very similar, very, very cool movie. Um, and just another example of how The Matrix really, really Actually, changed. It came out three years afterwards. Oh, it's 2002. I'm totally wrong. Just like, let's log that as me being. No, but stupid. you know what? You're, you're absolutely right because it had a, it, it, the influence you could see it is quite obvious. Yeah, the influence you know? is definitely there. It's good so, so, regardless of when it came out, it was heavily influenced by The Matrix. Like I said, like a lot of films have been ever since. I feel like there were some delays on that movie too. Maybe that's why I'm confusing myself, but it doesn't matter. Like at the same time, that's another movie that had a great influence. Um, what were your guys' experiences with? Well, I've seen it a couple of times at home. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that counts as like the super awesome 12 no. things in a row. Um, yeah, it's, it's a movie I like to see every now and again. And it's a movie that they, anyone that at least I know that I ask, they'll be like, oh, sure. And like, I, I know some people that are a tough crowd. So it's like. You know it's a good movie if it even beats the tough crowd. You know what yes. I mean? Just thought everybody likes the movie. Yeah, it was a movie that you came out of the movie theater and your mind was blown. You know, I remember, I, I saw, I didn't see it as many times as you did. I saw it six times. Um, but every single time that I walked out of that movie theater, there was another question that I had because, you know, it. It's yeah. one of these things where you actually question your existence, right? Right. It, it was just one of these mind blowing experiences you know there's some great articles out about there about the experience of the matrix the philosophy of the matrix the the sort of the timeliness of the matrix because that was about around when the internet was really starting to really gain some traction uh and that's when if anything people could question reality that's about the time when you when you could start to question reality because that's when there were alternate realities popping up online and people were, were getting the concept of avatars and screen names and chat rooms and all that other stuff. Uh, so it's a very timely movie as well. And again, holds a very soft spot in, in my heart. The only other thing that I would say is of interest before we move on is uh, all the people that were possibly going to be Neo in that movie. Yeah, It's a pretty long list. Like Will Smith was considered. I mean, who else was, was supposed to be Neo? In the Matrix. Let's I actually, see. I actually did a post on Instagram on that. Yeah, there's a very, very long list of people that were supposed to be Leonardo DiCaprio, if I remember correctly, uh -huh. was what was parted were part of the. Um, For some reason, I was about to say Matt Damon. I don't know why. I don't think Matt Damon. No, Matt Damon wasn't one of the, the people that decided to possibly be in it. But you know, there he was. <laughs> yeah, sorry. There were there were many many people who who either turned down the role, who thought to audition, uh, and who possibly could have played Neo. Val Kilmer also was another one, but they, uh, or excuse me, I don't know. Val Kilmer almost played Morpheus in the movie, but he, they made him, they, they stopped him from being Morpheus because he wanted to make Morpheus the main character. He basically became a nightmare and decided he wanted to change the whole movie. So some of the casting in this movie is really interesting, really intriguing, really entertaining. 
Matrix is awesome. If you haven't seen it, spoilers, it's an awesome movie. And just going back really, really quickly to um, casting of, the casting of Neo, um, we have a quote here from the producer of The Matrix, Lorenzo Di Bonaventura. He had an interview with the rap, and I'm going to quote him really quick just so you guys can get a sense of how the casting for Neo went. Um, he said, we went out to so many people I don't remember. We were getting desperate. We went to Sandra Bullock and said, we'll change Neo to a girl. The first movie star who said yes is Brad Pitt. He was doing seven years in Tibet, and then he's coming out of it, and he's like, I'm way too exhausted to take this on. So he's gone, Deepan Ventura said. Then we go to Leonardo DiCaprio. He says, yes, we have meetings with him. And then he goes, you know, I can't go and do another visual effects movie having just finished Titanic. So he drops out. Then Will Smith joins it, and he drops out. So there was a bunch of people. They finally landed on Keanu Reeves, and you know what? The rest is history because he really was Neo in those movies. So, you know, sometimes the first guy you go to isn't the right guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, in this case, Keanu Reeves is definitely the embodiment of the character. Moving on, on to some other news. Walt, uh, there was a big con, I believe, going on yep. recently. So um, this week, Hollywood descended to Las Vegas for their annual CinemaCon. Now, this is not a convention in the normal sense. Um, normally, these conventions, you know, they're comic book conventions, they're fan conventions. This was an industry convention. So mm -hmm. what basically happens here is that um, Hollywood comes down, you know, the, the movie houses, the distributors, the stars come down. And they're basically there to promote their product to the movie theater organization. So mm -hmm. this is basically the way that we get to see our movies in the movie theaters, right? Mm -hmm. So they come, they promote them, they say, hey, this is what it is. They they come up with these carrier agreements and they said this, you know, this is how this is how we see our movies. So um, just for an example, you know, um, there are a lot of movies that you go to these smaller houses movie houses and they won't be carrying the main movies right part of the reason is that you know what some of these movies they get outpriced by them and you'll see the amcs of the world you'll see the regals of the world the lows of the world they're carrying all of this stuff um and this is where it gets done now normally what they're showing are movie clips sizzle reels uh they do some trailers right mm -hmm. um this year, we had one trailer that actually did come out of it, which was the Joker, and it caused a big buzz, right? But normally, you don't see any any type of things coming out of these things. Um, just to show you the type of deals that are being made through here, um, one of the ones that were highlighted in recent years, and one of them that shows you how difficult it is to be a movie theater owner, was the Disney um, agreement for Last Jedi, Okay. So the normal agreement is that um, a movie distributor will go to a movie house and say, you know what, I want you to put it here, and we'll take, um, in international terms, we'll take 40% of the take, right? Disney, because they knew they had a hot property, because they knew they had Star Wars, because they knew Last Jedi was in demand, they went and they said, you know what, that's not going to work for us. We want to take 70% of your take, 
And not only that, we're going to require you to run for the movie for four weeks without skipping a single screening if you want to keep this deal. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is how the industry works. And it's funny because, you know, especially in recent years, we got to see a little bit more of it. But this is what's going on in the world of CinemaCon. Okay. Okay. What did we What did we get to see at the this year's, or not? What did we get to see? But what footage was shown? I should say at this year's CinemaCon. Right. So examples. So some of the examples that we had, um, and again, it's mostly movie theater executives um, that are at these shows. Um, select few press people are there. Um, you have the distributors themselves. Disney confirmed their entire lineup. So we know exactly what, what Disney's going to be um, dropping this year. One of the interesting things is that New Mutants, which was a movie that was speculated was going to be dropped onto one of the streaming services, they've confirmed that it's actually going to get a theatrical release. Okay. Okay. So you had that. Um, you had some more footage of Hobbs and Shaw on the Universal side. They showed um, some footage of Cats. Which is going the musical, which mm -hmm. is going to get a movie adaptation. The interesting thing about that is that the actors are actually going to be cat-sized in the movie. Okay. So you're going to have live-action cats with live-action people playing cats, and they're going to be the size of real cats. Okay. okay. So we confirmed that. Some interesting stuff from CinemaCon. What other stuff did we check? Get to check out. Uh, footage. We also had some. Slight footage. I don't. I don't know if it's footage. More so, it's um, pictures of Terminator Dark Fate. Oh dear God! Yes, we did post them up, and that's um, going to be released this year. The reboot. The reboot. It looks interesting. I know there was a lot sorry, of good buzz about it. Not a reboot. That's a it's, reboot. It's not a reboot. It's actually just getting rid of everything after Terminator Two. Right, put it that way. It's retconning everything else after Terminator. There's no Terminator, Terminator 3, there's no Terminator Salvation, there's no Terminator Genesis. It's just Terminator 1, Terminator 2, this Terminator. Dark Fate. Mm -hmm. Just so you know. All right, so maybe I'm interested. They're kind of doing the same thing I that Halloween did. Because I didn't like it. Right. <laughs> um, maybe I'm well, interested. They were okay. We had some footage that came out for this movie that sounds pretty interesting. It's a sci-fi movie called Gemini Man. Um, that is being done by Ang Lee, and the star of the movie is uh, Will Smith, and the other star of the movie is younger Will Smith. I think I saw something about that movie a little while back, actually. Yep. Uh, some of the other interesting things is Sonic the Hedgehog. They showed a sizzle reel. Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik killed. Everybody was impressed wow. by that. That's probably, that's, that's <laughs> okay. Interesting, actually. I don't know what Mike Sonic looks like yet, but I'd be interested to see what he would look like. Warner Brothers had probably the biggest part, um, the biggest reveal in CinemaCon. They revealed some Wonder Woman 1984. Mm -hmm. um, we had some stuff from Birds of Prey. Detective Pikachu dropped some stuff where we saw Gyarados for the first time oh, in an international awesome. trailer. Um, Godzilla dropped some more stuff. A lot of people are really, really excited about that. It Chapter 2 had some more stuff. Again, people are excited about that. But I think the biggest thing that came out of CinemaCon, the thing that everybody was going crazy and geeking out over, mm -hmm. was the reveal of the Joker trailer. Yes, the longer form trailer that we've 
you've seen so far. Has everybody had a chance to take a look at that trailer thus far? Should we take a pause in a moment? Make sure everybody has taken a look at this trailer because this one's important. All right, guys, we're going to pause this. We're going to take a look at the, the Joker trailer, and we will be right back. <laughs> okay, so we took another moment to review the Joker trailer. So I'm going to get my impressions real quick first. And a little bit of theory time, so spoilers in case I actually end up getting this right. Um, so first of all, I'll, throw my, I'll start with my theory. Now, there's a couple of things in this trailer that have been confirmed to put it in a different time period than, say, like, I guess the normal Batman time period, the normal Batman timeline. Uh, first off, Thomas Wayne is still alive, okay? He's on the television talking about, like, crime and how things are changing in Gotham. Thomas Wayne is still alive. Bruce Wayne is a kid, okay? So... This is just, it's not a fully fleshed out theory because I don't know how they would continue this or, or what they would do beyond this, but this is supposed to be outside of the DC main continuity for the movies. Saying that, if you think about it, there is no actual continuity for the DC universe right now. There's really just standalone movies, so you could find a way to put them all together later on. This one is going to exist outside of the continuity, though, for one reason and one reason alone. I don't think that's the Joker we're familiar with, and I think that they're giving us hints at that. I think this is the, in quotes, original Joker, but one who never really became the clown prince of crime that we know. I think that this guy is going to influence the real Joker to mm, become that's interesting. the evil Joker that he'll become eventually one day. Because, again, Bruce Wayne is a kid. You could certainly have them existing in slightly different generations, but in most iterations of the comic, they're, they're not exactly the same age, but they're about the same age. Mm -hmm. Within like five years or so, something like that. The Joker, I think, is usually a little bit older, but not this like universe. Much. By the time he's Batman, he's like what 60, 70 years old. Yeah, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix like Joker 50, beyond, you know, yeah. in real life, and he looks. You know, they're trying to make him look a little bit younger in this movie, but what, late thirties, early forties at best. Well, isn't isn't right? that similar to the take that Gotham is taking? Um, yes, I was just gonna say that because Gotham, there yeah. are different, um, there are different like iterations of Joker, and in Gotham. Yeah. Joker is not one person, but a spirit. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people. Right. The way that they changed it, I think, was kind of like some people were, were a little bit turned off. Some people were interested in how they changed it. Because, right, the brothers were also, like, supposed to be the Joker yeah, or something like that. And, and, them something and, now, and now the final season, they're actually teasing um, the guys being Joker. I'm not I, I'm not too caught up with Gotham and stuff. Mm -hmm. I watched the first season or two and then I, it was a little bit too crazy for me yeah it gets a little out there i heard it got better though but yeah that night that's neither here nor there maybe it does have something to do with like the way they did things in gotham where the god where the joker is like james bond he's not a person because that's how i believe about james bond also by the way he's not a person it's a title uh and then maybe again the clown prince of crime that we all know is kind of the one that made I guess was the best Joker, the one with the best record, you know, killing mm -hmm. the most people, all that, all that good stuff. Um, so that's kind of my theory about what this is. My impressions, it looks awesome. I think it looks awesome. Like each trailer that I've seen has shown you a little bit more. And to me, like the stuff that they've shown you has gotten a little bit better and better. They had that kind of weird Joker laugh earlier in the trailer where it kind of looks like he's testing out his laugh. But then the one that he has at the end mm -hmm. is really like... Because that's kind of a metric for the Joker, right? The guy has to have a yeah, cool a laugh. laugh. Jared Leto's laugh was terrible, which is why I didn't think he was a very good Joker. You know, he was not the the worst. There were some other aspects of him that were good, but the the laugh just wasn't like. I mean, you, it's not a Mark Hamill laugh. It didn't hit home, right? Or a Jack Nicholson laugh. It's not like an Heath Ledger laugh or Heath Ledger laugh. Now, I'm sorry for not mentioning him, but like, yeah, definitely all those iconic ones. 
basically have a laugh. And I think he kind of hits it on this one when you hear him kind of going crazy near the end. Uh, I do kind of find it interesting, too, that they're taking the tack that the Joker is not really changed by any specific event dealing with Batman or dealing with anything like that. And by the way, Wayne has mentioned a couple of times in the trailer, too, not only with Bruce Wayne, but there's a building that has his name on it the Wayne in Hall. the trailer as well. Um, so there's a couple of Easter eggs there. But um, I like how it's more kind of a modern take in a sense where it's just really society that drives him completely over the edge. It's kind of what it looks like. Uh, and I also like it's in New York because for us New Yorkers, you can tell that this most of this movie seems to be filmed in New York. Uh, I think I even recognize a couple of places and somebody I... I know told me that they filmed part of it in front of uh, somewhere near her job. So, yeah, my impressions are that trailer looks freaking awesome. I know it took a lot of time. Guys, what do you think of the trailer? What are your, what are your thoughts? Um, I was I was part of one of the people that didn't think we needed a Joker movie. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still I'm still kind of there because I like my my villains dark and mysterious, and and like I like I always say. The best thing about Heath Ledger's Joker was that he told his origin story about three times, and they were all different. Mm -hmm. And so you always had that mysterious—you don't know what the Joker is, which is which is why I love the Joker so much because he is a master of mayhem, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I got to tell you, I really, really like this trailer. It's not what I expected—not what I expected at all. Um, it is an Elseworlds story. That's quite obvious um, because our traditional Joker, how is it that he becomes a Joker? He falls into that vast bat of acid and acne chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. um, some stories have him fighting Batman at the time. Some stories, you know, but traditionally that's when he becomes the Joker. Right. Um, this one obviously is not going to do it because Bruce Wayne is what? 10 years old in this in this trailer? Or it's not going to involve Batman. I mean, he couldn't fall into a bad ass. Right. But, but our traditional story is not going to be the ones that we normally um, associate Joker with, right? One thing I will say to, the, to your first point about how this is fleshing out an origin story for him, we don't necessarily know that. And here's here's why I would say that that's a possibility. Yeah, I don't want to get too far afield with spoilers and possible theories about this because it's just a quick trailer. But... If you've ever seen the show Mr. Robot, one of the things that I like about that show is that the main protagonist mm -hmm. is, well, he's nuts. For it's very, it's it's very fight club. Right. So you don't really know what the real story is. In in Mr. Robot, as the seasons go on, there's a lot of misdirections. There's a lot of, like, for example. Especially that first season. The first season was amazing. Well, to me, the second season throws a bigger curveball in, in a weird sense because I kind of saw the first season twist coming. To me, the second season throws a little bit of a bigger twist because there were certainly hints if you were watching, but the fact that you thought he was in one place in the second season and he was somewhere else entirely because of him putting himself there in his own head, right? But, like, that's a possibility to me for the Joker. Maybe this is his story because you can see he needs help. He goes to a social worker. Maybe the story that we're getting in this movie is what he's piecing together. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know. That's, again, that's just another possible way that they can go about this. Yeah, it's a thought. Listen, at this point, we still don't know much about the story. This gives us a little bit more to kind of flesh out what we think it's going to be. But at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, like I said, I, I still am not entirely convinced that we need a Joker movie, a Joker origin movie. Mm -hmm. But... Given what I saw just now, um, I'll go with it. I, I'm definitely going to go see it. Yeah. You know? Might be fun. 
Yes, yeah, absolutely. Best, at the very least. And I'm, I'm intrigued how Joy King Phoenix is going to treat the Joker. Or Arthur Fleck or Affleck. 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 Is that a, a dig at the Batman figure universe? Probably. I don't know. Probably. But we'll see. Uh, Metatron, what did you think? Well, you guys pretty much hit it on the head before. Um, something that I found really interesting that I'm surprised I did not catch myself was they made a comment uh, about the imagery mm-hmm. of the trailer, and now that I'm thinking about it a lot more, I'm really liking it, where in the first part of the trailer, you see him go up, he's sort of struggling. That's his regular life. That, yeah. Oh, that was Wall? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, it, was, it, was, it was interesting the way that they had the iconography of that with the staircase yeah please explain it so the first part of the trailer is him going up the stairs he looks like he's struggling he's clearly stressed and then you know a few more sequences he's starting to get into the joker vibe i guess and then by the end of the trailer you see he's going down the staircase it's dark it in the other one, it was light. Sorry, I didn't mention that. Or just becoming light, like a dawn kind He's of thing. He's walking toward the light. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then in the last one, it was dark. He was in the Joker getup, and he was just shimmying his way on down without a care in the world. Yeah, time of his life. And that sounds like a very Joker thing to do. And yeah. It looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I like the, the, the way that they frame those images because, you know what, it, it's clearly symbolism for his rise and trying to struggle with normal life and then at that at that point he was like you know what screw this i'm gonna embrace the suck i'm gonna embrace the crazy i'm going down these stairs and i'm gonna have the time of my life trouble trouble bad but exactly. interesting interesting so we've given our impressions asap balrog take us home with the the joker trailer all right so that trailer was hella dope um i don't say no to a joker movie whether i'm looking forward to it or not um, especially Joaquin Phoenix. I remember him as communist back in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Um, he does make for somewhat of a quality villain, I would say. Not top-notch, but a, t- a quality villain slash actor nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, based on what Walt said earlier, about Heath Ledger's Joker having multiple origin stories. That got me thinking about Split, James McAvoy um, That's McAvoy's That's movie. Good. Imagine James McAvoy as the Joker. Because we already saw him as a we already saw him as a master of split personalities. Imagine him with taking on Joker's origin story and having, say, Heath Ledger's um, Joker's uh, origin stories taken to a whole nother level. Maybe maybe my theory will eventually lead from Joaquin Phoenix, who and James McAvoy made a pretty good um he was good. bad guy too. He yeah, was good with those split personalities. He's a great actor. Yeah. Hey, maybe you could maybe you could flip the whole uh, Joaquin Phoenix being the Joker in this one and being the original Joker, leading into an eventual James McAvoy reveal as the clown prince of crime that we all know and love. Exactly, that was possible fan casting that we just did right there. Who knows? But like the movie looks really good. Everybody has some pretty solid impressions about it. We're all gonna see it anyway. It comes out in October, guys. Check out the trailers. Check it out. Joker looks pretty cool. All right, guys, so moving on, let us get to our main topic of the week. Our main topic this week deals with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She was surprised. Uh, we love talking about Marvel here, though. And uh, I've had a revived question in my head as we get to the Avengers Endgame, um, to, to the finale of this arc. 
and to my, again, somewhat spoilers if I'm right, uh, soft reboot of the Marvel Universe, which I do think is going to happen. Uh, I don't think there are going to be a huge amount of changes, which you might see some villains who are dead come back to life. You might see some heroes who are alive die. You might see some of them come back to life as well. Who the heck knows? But my uh, question is, uh, it's actually a question and uh, the possibilities of this question. Should and could uh, Marvel find a way to bring the Marvel Ultimate Universe into the fold for the MCU or possibly something that I was thinking maybe uh, a way that they could do it is by having some of their shows on Disney Plus dig into the Marvel Ultimate Universe. For those of you who don't know, the Marvel Ultimate Universe is, of course, one of the alternate multiverses where they have some of the different Marvel characters. Uh, there's been some big events based on it. It actually uh, was destroyed a couple of years ago in the big Secret Wars event when the Marvel 616 universe collided with Universe 1610, which is the Marvel Ultimate Universe. Um, the Creed biggest two Spider-Mans. Yes, the biggest takeaway I was going to say, and the most popular character for the Marvel Ultimate Universe was the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man, who was the main character in Into the Spider-Verse that just came out in December of this last year. Um, so there are some great characters in the Marvel Ultimate Universe that ended up getting rolled into the Marvel Main Universe in the comics recently. And last point that I will make before I will open up the floor for any discussions, theories, and possible shooting down of this idea is we are all aware that the Marvel Cinematic Universe actually does base a lot of its characters on the Marvel Ultimate Comics Universe. Okay? So with that, gentlemen, let's get some opinions. Is the Marvel Ultimate Universe just going to confuse people? Is it going to be awesome? Is it a good idea? Do we want to see that lead to an eventual arc where maybe we see the collision of multiverses? Go. Um, I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. uh, if you had if you had asked me that question maybe about 10 years ago, I would say probably it would confuse people. I think since we are now fully 10 years, 22 movies into the MCU, mm -hmm. I think anything goes. Yes. I mean, if you can, if you can bring in a talking raccoon, a walking tree that talks, um, you could do anything. Right now. <laughs> Those are like the two prime examples. Ex exactly. You know, I, I think um, Marvel Studios has primed the audience to pretty much accept anything. They've, they've accepted the fact that um, you have the, the god of, of thunder as a character, right? Mm -hmm. You've got Iron Man, which was a secondary character. They brought him to the mainstream, right? You now have gone cosmic and stuff like that. I think you can right. you can start messing around with multiverses, which they've started with the quantum realm, mm -hmm. right? And you Certainly also have. and you also have Doctor Strange, which now has brought in the mystic aspect, timelines, basically. So I think I think um, audiences are ready for it. I think definitely we can do it. I did read an article online, um, and this was from ComicBook.com, and it's interesting because it flows into what you're talking about, and especially the events of what's going on with Disney and Fox, right? Everybody keeps talking about how are they going to bring in the Fantastic Four and how are they going to bring in X-Men into the established MCU universe. Mm -hmm. This The Ultimate Universe provides a solution. Well, they kind of hinted at this. Um, this was an article that was written um, yesterday by Adam Barnhart over at comicbook.com. And basically, he's he's proposing that the X Men and the Fantastic Four they should reside in a different universe. 
Oh, totally okay. separate from the MCU possibilities. And and you listen to the comics of the Russos recently, where they're saying you know Endgame is pretty much their their Endgame. This is the last uh, movie that they're going to be doing for Marvel Studios. Mm -hmm. But when asked what what would bring you back, the first thing that they said, and this is a personal favorite of mine, they would come back for a Secret Wars. Yes. So now think of it this way. Combined with what this article is saying, you have the separate MCU universe. Mm -hmm. You have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four resigning in another universe. You get the Beyonder, right? Mm -hmm. Because the Beyonder is the guy from the Secret Wars. You mash them together. There you have a multiverse that's colliding in. And at the same time, you have the X-Men and Fantastic Four doing their stories on one side. Mm -hmm. It doesn't impact the MCU. And then eventually that could be that big phase eight, I guess. <laughs> you know? Who knows what phase that would be? That's like another 20 years away. Yeah, right? exactly. But you know what? That's that's a good way. Flashes. That's a good way to have both of these um, franchises working at the same time. And then eventually that could be your build up to the bigger villain, which would be the Beyonder and stuff. And, you know, a great way to have Doctor Doom in it because remember the original Secret Wars. Had Doctor Doom stealing the power from the Beyonder. That was his. That was his the new Secret Wars. Thing, also, right? actually, the new exactly. Secret Wars. That's basically what happened. Uh, just for like a relatively quick breakdown of how it happened in the new Secret Wars, uh, the Beyonders hatched a plot using Molecule Man, who in this in this reality, a slice of him exists in every aspect of the universe in every universe. Uh, so it's what they did things. was, well, the Molecule Man is one of the more powerful in uh, Marvel Comics characters. You can manipulate reality. That's pretty crazy. Yep. But they had a slice of him in every reality, and they tried to detonate him in every single reality at the same time in order to completely destroy the multiverse. Um, Molecule Man killed a version of himself in one reality so that they couldn't actually detonate all of them at the same time, which gave them a little more time to save the multiverse. Now, the multiverse did get destroyed by... Earth 616 and Earth 1610 colliding. Um, but what happened basically is Dr. Doom, with the help of Molecule Man, tricked the Beyonders and stole the Beyonders' power again uh, and became god of his own his own universe or really his own planet called Battleworld. Um, right. I was just about to ask you about that because of how that was set up too. I'm not too familiar with the new Secret Wars. I'm, I'm very familiar with the old Secret Wars because that was one of my favorite comic book runs. So with the new one, mm -hmm. I remember that there was there was Battle World, and a lot of the heroes they were pulled from different universes to exist on that one, right? Yes. And but they had no idea what was going on because Doctor Doom was was running it along with uh, Doctor uh, Strange. Doctor Strange, and wasn't Reed Richards a part of it also? Storm was a part of it actually. And they uh, had an army of Thors guarding it, right? So like, I'll I'll, I'll open it. Yeah, he, he had an army of Thors. Basically, was like. His his king's guard in a very real sense over here in this universe. Um, I will say that this Secret War story not as cool as the Secret War story that we grew up with because they don't pull as many of the Marvel characters into it. They pull a smaller, more select few. Okay. There are some details that are awesome. Freaking T'Challa wields the Infinity Gauntlet in here. Doctor Doom kills Thanos by ripping out his spine like it was nothing. Uh, Professor uh, Professor X Cyclops in this in one of these realities has the power of the Phoenix Force. Doctor Doom oh also snaps his neck like it's nothing. Um, there's a lot of snapping in this one. There's right? a lot of snapping in this one. <laughs> ben Grimm uh, is a gigantic wall that keeps out zombies and the dead. Uh, 
Johnny Storm is the son. It's very acute. Like, it's like, all yeah. over the place. The thing is, it's actually not the best story, but some moments are great, and Doctor Doom is good in everything that he's in. Uh, the, the, awesome. the thing that's cool about this is that, and I will say, like, I'll, I'll open it up, like I said, for others to talk about. The Reed Richards in this version is really cool. You do have the regular 616 Reed Richards, and then you have the 1610 Reed Richards, who is evil. Uh, he calls himself the Maker. He's more powerful and actually even smarter than the Reed Richards that is in the normal timeline. And he's like a thousand years old because he travels through time. He basically rules that reality um, to an extent. And the like the storyline that unfolds is basically the two of them end up kind of like uh, in a conflict for who can stop Doom because they're both trying to stop him at the same time. Um, so there are multiple Reed Richards. There's a lot of like characters. That they have regular Spider-Man. They have Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Star-Lord survives this. So they have a lot of the more popular characters from around that time end up surviving. Namor is in it too, by the way. Who is a character that probably needs to be introduced relatively soon. But he's the, he's the prick of the, uh, the Marvel Universe. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's so much to Marvel. I'm so confused. There's so much going on there. <laughs> I'm like, so honestly, confused. Like, like I said, I could give you a little bit of a primer because I've been a fan for a long time and I've been digging back into the comic books again. But I will mention one thing. And then, like I said, I know I've been ranting for a while. I shall open it up for others to give their opinion. One of the things that is offered from, from dealing with some of the comic book storylines that are multiversal uh, is there's a storyline, the, the Infinity Event, and basically Builders, uh, come who are multiversal beings who are some of the first beings in the entire Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. Basically, try to destroy the regular universe. Um, but there's a storyline also where Thanos is trying to go to Earth, or not to Earth, excuse me, to the Inhumans Kingdom to kill his son. Um, it's on the moon, right? It's it's kind of like a floating city or something. Are like there that. basically multiple multiple universes in Marvel and? Different iterations of the same character in yes. each. Yes. Yes. Sometimes. And they, they all and they all cross connect. Something yeah. Like that? Yeah. And it's well years ago they did they kind of destroyed all of it so they're expanding it again into a multiverse but they had a lot of different universes and basically long story short is they realized things are getting a little too crazy too many versions of the characters. Well, out where, there. have there been so many times? Have there been many times or a couple of times where like one iteration of a hero from one universe fights its other version of itself from another universe. Some of that. Like I said, the Reed Richards is a good example. So this is basically uh, us. Female Thor fighting yeah. the this, So this is basically yeah. us, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's like there's the tethered zombie. There's there's the zombie or cancer verse, which is another universe mm -hmm. in another storyline where basically nobody can die in that universe. I think so the they're most overrun okay. by the most undead one, superheroes. The most <laughs> famous one is the Spider Verse. Yes, because you have you have the different versions of Spider Man. Yeah, they interact. Yeah, so you have as well. You have the regular Spider-Man. You have Miles Morales as another Spider-Man. Right. That's a that's a universe where Peter Parker's dead. You have Peter Porker, mm -hmm. the Amazing Spider Pig. Right. The movie. <laughs> yeah. The movie introduced right. it pretty yeah, well. Yeah. Exactly. You have um, Spider-Man twenty nine ninety nine. You have um, Stealth Spider. Yeah. There's so there's what so, so what different. So what universe is the MCU? The it's MCU, it's oh, yeah. Yeah. The the MCU exists zone. outside of these comic universes. It's not the main comic They're basically, universe. they made a new one. It's a total it's original thing. Yeah, yeah. It is a new okay. okay. universe, basically. Okay. They, they have a lot of number universes. I don't remember the number, if there is a number for the MCU. There is. Um, I do want to say this very quickly, though, because to me, like, in going back to the comics and reading some of the Ultimate storylines and reading some of the multiversal storylines, is a great way to introduce the X-Men guys. Um, so Black Bolt is king of the Inhumans. 
in the comics, right? Yes. It was King of the Humans. And in this storyline, in the Infinity storyline, he releases something called the Terrigen Mist, which any inhuman who is exposed to it, their true form and their powers become revealed. This is how, like, uh, Thanos' son, Thane, he looks normal. He looks like a normal human being, but he inhales the Terrigen Mist or whatever, and he becomes Thane that looks like Thanos. He becomes the creature, the monster, the one that can actually stand up to Thanos, actually. It's pretty cool because he, he, like, puts him in stasis at the end of the storyline. Uh, Thane puts Thanos in freaking, like, a living dead state. It's out there. But this would be a good way to introduce the X-Men in a way, if you think about it, right? Because who's to say that it's not, like, a passive gene? They would like, have to change it. Because, they would have to change um, it for sure, but the way that they've done it in the Marvel Universe recently would lend itself well to kind of pushing that stuff. Because wasn't it the Because everybody lost Kree? their powers also, by the way. They're no right. more mutants. It wasn't, wasn't the Kree the ones that created the Inhumans? They, they kind of used Earth as their um, as their laboratory, and that's and the Terrigen Mist, the Terrigen Crystals were the thing that, were, that would activate the Kree part of the, the people on Earth, right? So... Um, and and it's a little weird because while it works for the Inhumans, it's lethal to the mutants, and and yes. and so you know it, it's a little weird to do it that way because um you know and that's part of the, and I think the reason that they did it was because Marvel wasn't in did not have um the movie rights to the mutants, so they were basically killing off the mutants in the comics because of it, right? That's part of the reason why Wolverine died in the comics and was gone for how many years, right? Um, so you have the Terrigen Mist that you can use it. Maybe you use it differently. Um, I look at it this way. There's a, there was an event called House of M mm -hmm. where Scarlet yeah. Witch, right, she just said, no more mutants. And then the mutants disappeared from the face of, from the, face of the universe. The maybe, universe. maybe you do it a reverse way where instead of saying no more mutants, they say mutants, and then they just pop up, you know. A little have, weird. You have the Scarlet Witch, right? So yeah, they she have the does Scarlet Witch. Have some reality bending powers. And Quicksilver is dead in mm -hmm. that universe, not in the Fox universe. Maybe that could be her catalyst. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe she she sees what's going on and she was like, you know what? I need to bring my brother back. Um, maybe that's the way that she. But inadvertently, by bringing him back, you bring mutants into the the equation. Okay. You know. And I'll say okay. And one more thing, and then please, gentlemen. Give us some 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 opinions on this. But uh, one way that I was thinking also they might be able to do this is with Disney Plus. You got a lot of opportunity there to have some of those shows oh, yeah. kind of be in the Ultimate Universe. There's really no confirmation necessarily that the stuff that we're going to see from Loki, Scarlet Witch, and Vision, and Buffy they have Falcon, to be canon though. Do do they though? Well, Not necessarily, I would say. Well, but I think that's the the what ifs. That they would they would do the the non canonical no, stuff, there's right? That too. You know, there's that too. So you, you have your what ifs. I I think they ha if they're going to be using those those characters and the same actors for those characters, it has to be canonical. And, uh, well, let's yeah. also make one more point again: is the Ultimate Universe? It is canon. It is canon just because it exists outside the of the universe. It still ended up being canon because of the way the event ended. Just just uh, to go back to your point. Um, the designated universe number for the MCU, we do have one. Mm -hmm. Get ready for this one. It's Earth 199999. Nine. Four nines? Five nines. Five nines. Nine, 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 nine
in Glorious Bastards, mm-hmm. you know, his line, nine, 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 nine. Yes, that <laughs> is the designated universe number for the MCU. Okay, so, gentlemen, Meta, I want to hear a little bit from you and what you think about the possibility of the Ultimate Universe. Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? Do you see any way that they can do it? Maybe in a different medium? Give us some of your thoughts on what you think they should do about it. Or any questions, perhaps, as well. Well, if Endgame really is going to be the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as we've become used to so Mm -hmm. far, Mm -hmm. then it'd be good to start looking for something new and bringing in those really interesting and nostalgic stories. Okay, okay, so like just kind of, I guess, switch things up, plus that's a good way to explore some of the multiversal elements and some of the other elements that there were, we're looking at in the MCU uh, as recently as, as the last few movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel was very much exploring some of the cosmic elements, which by the way, I saw that again, the Eternals are coming, the Eternals are coming, uh, the Inhumans are going to have something going on, basically, Um Interestingly enough, by the way, Captain Marvel does hold up pretty well on a second viewing, but the, the cosmic stuff that they introduced there can certainly lend itself well maybe to spitting off into the multiversal kind of aspects of the of the ultimate universe that we'll see later on. But I guess another question that I can ask is, um, how, how exactly could you represent a split in those universes? Because a lot of times you have characters that look the same, basically, within the Ultimate Universe and the Marvel Universe with some minimal changes. Like I said, Reed Richards is basically the same person. Uh, he just looks a little bit different because his powers are a little bit different in, in the Ultimate Universe. What do, you, what do you do about that? Like, Do you have the same actors play the parts? Do you recast the roles? Again, do you put it, do you split it up between movies and TV? Like, What do you guys think? It's weird, because I would think because there is going to be that point where the viewer is going to be like, all right, it is going to be a little jarring to see, hey, this is Captain America, but not. Maybe it would be a good idea to have the same actors just so they have the sense that, hey, that guy was Captain America last time. This must be another iteration of Captain America. But I, I think there's going to be confusion either way. But I think that added step of having... The actor be there, hey, this guy was Captain America. He must be playing a Captain America role. That would be a logical thing to do, I guess, to lessen the confusion. Although you could also get confused because it's like, wait, okay, so what's different about this guy? But kind of the movie would have to explain that. Yeah. So if anything, like it's something that you would have to flesh out over a whole several movie, like multiple year arc, the way that we got to that. Yeah. I would stay away from that from now for now. Um, or if you're going to do it, I would I would I, I would kind of disagree with Metatron. I would cast somebody different and use it. So in certain cases, you have to like be Peter Parker versus Miles Morales. Right, and and just like Captain America and having either Falcon or Winter Soldier take up that role. Maybe they're the Captain Americas in that universe. In that right? universe, so yeah. that could be a way to make it a little bit less confusing. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, maybe you would have to already introduce those other universes and then have those characters emerge from them right. somehow, or explain it in a really good way. Maybe, maybe you could have a uh, what's his name from from Ant Man explain it. The gear. Oh, that guy. Uh, yes. Him. 
he he should definitely be the one to explain the multiverse. Well, yeah, you you do have different different characters playing the same roles. Like, for example, um, Iron Man does oh, have yes. yeah, sorry. yeah, Iron Man <laughs> does have Iron Heart, who is mm-hmm. Riri Williams in the comic book. She yeah. is the newest iteration of Iron Man. Maybe you kind of do it that way, where it's like, okay, this is Iron Man in this universe, but there is a different character playing a version of that same character in another universe, you know? It's not exactly the same person, and that's a good way to kind of separate the two universes and whatnot. And it doesn't confuse people, because if you look at Chris Chris Evans, and he's playing the same role, what, you make one of them blonde and the other one a brunette and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. kind of differentiate between the two. Or a different costume or something yeah. like that. So I think, I think if you're going to do it, I would stay away from it for a while. But if you are going to do it, do it that way where it's like, okay, Chris Evans, Steve Rogers is Cap in this universe, um, and Sam Wilson is Cap in this universe, and maybe Bucky Barnes is uh, Captain America in that universe. In a third universe. Right. Okay, so... Barring continuity issues, confusion issues, issues with casting, issues with the logistics of doing all this stuff, and how much time it might even take to set this kind of thing up, very simple question. Would you guys want to see alternate timelines, ultimate universe, any of that stuff introduced to the MCU going forward in, you know, in, in the future, whatever timeline, would you even be interested in that? As a nerd of the comics, I would definitely be interested in seeing that in some way. I agree. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. Okay. At least for me, I'm feeling a little too very tucked out of Marvel at this <laughs> point. Like, I mean, it's... I'm, I'm obviously going to see Endgame, but I don't know. It's just like... Okay, so it's another Marvel movie. It's going to do awesome. I know that already. (laughs) Okay, well... It's all become so expected. You're not going to see much after that, though, because you have Homecoming coming right after that, and there are no Marvel movies coming out for a good while since there's really nothing that they're working on right now. And who knows? Maybe the way that Endgame uh, finishes off will have you a little bit more excited about it. Okay, so, like, you would probably say you'd be... Maybe not too interested in seeing an ultimate universe or anything like that. You're ready to move on to other stuff besides Marvel, or at least give Marvel a break for a little while. Yeah. He's waiting right? for Godzilla. Yeah. Of course. I mean, well, of course. Yeah. Especially. And boarding Supernatural. You know, it's actually funny because um, oh, there's this Instagram that I follow, Resurrection Goji. Mm-hmm. I think they announced that with the coming of Godzilla 2014 and the movies to come, Mm -hmm. they don't know about Shin Godzilla yet, Mm -hmm. but these next few movies, I believe are going to mark a new era of Godzilla movies. So, you know, you have the Showa, Mm -hmm. the Heisei and the Millennium. This is going to be a new one. New phase. So after the the, the movie that's coming out, basically you're getting like, like almost like an MCU, like a new phase. This is like end game for Godzilla. Basically. Let me just really, let me just really quickly get the name. They were the original shared universe. Yeah, they were. If you really look at it, Godzilla, King Kong and all that stuff. It's like what Mothra was, was the first and it, it came out separately not in the Godzilla universe, they folded her in, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then you have all, like you said, the King Kong, the Japanese King Kong, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, all the other... Multiverse. Dogan, it's, yeah, they were the first. It is a multiverse. They were the first. 
So that's like what they're doing with Lord of the Rings. They're going to the second age for the yeah. Amazon mm-hmm. series. Exactly. There's there's good things that you can expand upon. That's yeah. the only reason why I kind of say like for me, I would be kind of excited to see uh, the MCU expand into different territory. So. Uh, Mr. Balro, let's ask because you're like the one that's not as intrigued by the MCU among the, among the group, and that's fine. From and I know you've been in, absorbing yourself in it a little bit more, but I know you're more uh, focused on Game of Thrones these days more than anything yeah. Else. Um, <laughs> and that's fine because Game of Thrones is freaking awesome. I'm super looking forward. Anything to like it. medieval Next fantasy season. related, I love. Well, I mean, April's gonna be awesome because April is Game of Thrones, yeah, and Endgame, and for me, I mean, I really want to see Cobra Kai season two. But in your opinion. From from how we've described the Ultimate Universe, from how I've described some of the storylines in the Ultimate Universe, again, not being a super fan, being kind of a on right. the fence fan, but compared to me, a Walt who would be closer to super fans, and compared to Meta, who's probably a little bit more of a fan, but you would fall into a less so category. I mean, of course. Would I, you want to see it? Would you want to see it? Would that be something you'd be at all intrigued by? I would be interested in seeing it. After I like officially catch up on the MCU mm-hmm. and get more like in depth with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. so I could actually relate to to um, no, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a better question is: Do you like the idea of having shared universes, multiverses, and like these big properties, like the stuff that we enjoy? Based on what you said, um, at first it sounds very complex and confusing, but it sounds a little bit like us, <laughs> like the movie. You can always have just bad versions. Of course, I've seen it. I, seen I, I love that movie. That. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about it. But of course, you already, you already know. Like based on trailers, I guess that um they fight like clones of themselves. That's mm-hmm. a very political. Type it is. Of, it is. There's a lot of political themes in that movie. Right? There so is. Jordan Peele does basically. Uh, I gotta watch it. I gotta and watch us, it. And us. And yeah, they said like us. It's not just us, but U.S. United States. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, to that movie. It was, it's amazing, but wall across America type of thing. Yes, yeah. Oh my God. There's a lot of political themes in that. But I'm saying we'll the relation. I'm saying the relation between that and like um the Ultimate Universe thing. Like um, mm-hmm. there's different iterations of of these heroes mm-hmm. and villains. Mm-hmm. Um, that's re- really interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, to me, the thing that's cool is also like I said, one of my favorites. Obviously, I love Spider-Man. Obviously, I love Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. But I really like the idea of having a good. Uh, a good Reed Richards in one universe, a good fantastic, uh, Mr. Fantastic, excuse me, and a, a really evil one in another universe. Especially if they do bring in the Fantastic Four, which they will. Yeah. If they do bring in the MCU in whatever form. Reed Richards is, if you really get down to it, he is actually one of the coolest characters in Marvel. I think so, at least. Smart what I do, what I do want to see more of. involved in the big events. What I yeah. do, always. Mm-hmm. but what I do want to see more of in the Marvel universe is the Hulkverse. Like, Thank more, you. Yeah. More Thank about you. Hulk yeah, yeah. because there it, um, is. there it is. Look, let me tell you something. Because look, the Incredible Hulk. I've that's the one Marvel MCU movie I will never forget. And that was like back in Phase One, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's that so two thousand eight. Second movie that came out. <laughs> yeah, but that's I the one that introduced the Avenger initiative. No, but you see, the thing about that movie is that was a legit Hulk. Like, no disrespect to Mark Ruffalo, but I don't really like his version of the Hulk. I like Ed Norton's version, especially of how that Hulk looked. It was more terrifying. And more hulkish. And the thing is, and when I say I want to see more of the Hulkverse, too, yeah, it's yeah, and and mm-hmm. speaking of the Hulkverse, the Incredible Hulk aside, I want to see more of the other ones. Like I want to see General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross as the Red Hulk, mm-hmm. because that's what he is. I want to see his daughter, um, Hulk's lover, as the She Hulk. I want to see you know all these other different Hulks. 
<laughs> I, I think, you know, I think there's opportunity there too because you do introduce a multiverse. Maybe you could have they still don't have, have the rights, rights, right? They still don't have that's the true. rights. And imagine like size with Universal. Yes. And imagine like in this weird alt, this weird alternate universe, like the entire Hulk fam just comes up on Thanos and jumps him out of nowhere <laughs> for jumping Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Yeah. Back in Infinity War. Another, another, <laughs> another fun little aspect of, uh, of the, the Secret Wars, actually, that's pretty cool that I should mention also is that there's a villain called Maestro. Uh, yes. He's basically a Hulk. He's basically like a future like Hulk. Of the Hulk. He's future Hulk. But he's smart. But he's smart. Super smart. He has his own army of Hulks in Secret Wars. Because mm-hmm. there's different armies that are led by uh, by different villains. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're almost like lords, like in the Ninja Batman thing, how you had like the different villains like having different parts of Japan. And like the Joker or Grodd was like the ruler, depending on what part of the movie you're talking about. Game of Thrones type thing. It it, kind of is like that too, because like Old Man Logan. Also, yeah, Mister Sinister is one of them. Apocalypse is one of them. Um, And like like I said, um, Maestro is one of them too. And he has an army of freaking Hulks that comes out and starts like wrecking stuff. Yeah, so that's pretty freaking awesome too. But I like I kind of like that idea too. And it would be a nice way to give the Hulk a little more storyline beyond just the Mark Ruffalo Hulk, who I like. But you're right, he's not the Hulk that we're accustomed. Yeah, and like I said, as a fan of the Hulk, it sucks because we're never going to get that until they get the the rights issue. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a little weird with the Hulk because the Hulk they have the they have the ability to use it. Yeah, him as a character, mm-hmm. they don't, and they have a right to make a movie about the character, mm-hmm. but the distribution rights goes to Universal, so right. I have to share the money, which they don't want to do. So that's the reason why they're doing all these arcs. Within the movies for the Hulk, because maybe Professor Hulk. Exactly. So you know, it, it I'd like to see sucks more savage. I want to see. Yeah, you and me Hulk, both. The Hulk universe. I guess There's what so many... I guess what we need is a Hulk fan film, like what Star Wars theory did with yeah, Vader. Maybe. Imagine because he actually created also. he actually created a Marvel um Marvel channel theory? for himself. So now he has something called Marvel Theory. Really? I am serious. It's a new oh, channel. Did he just start this. He just started it. But he's still from Vader from Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still he's still mainly Star Wars. But you know how he created the Vader Phantom? Yeah. He should do something like that for Hulk. That would be cool. Imagine a Hulk Phantom by Marvel Theory. The Hulk. I'm the waiting. Hulk I am waiting to see. We already saw kind of Planet Hulk. I want World Breaker Hulk. That I oh see. yeah. I want the Hulk, Hulk that can like run into another freaking superhero and destroy the whole planet from the impact. That actually happens in the comics. It's freaking totally awesome. But they can't they can't do World War Hulk because they've already gone through that storyline with yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah, exactly. You know, which would have been Planet Hulk, right? Planet. And all that stuff too. So Planet Hulk led into World War Hulk because that's when he came back to take revenge against the heroes that sent them. It all kind of ties in together. It's all crazy. But they can so, make it work, I hope. Yep. Hopefully. We'll see. By the way, I actually found the post. This new era is going to be called the Rewa series. Rewa? Pronounce it as Rewa era. It's spelled R E I W A. Antakupo? Antakupo. Yeah, so according to this post here on May 1st, on May 1st, a new era was is starting in Japan. Yeah, so it's going to be called Rewa. It's currently unknown how it's going to like affect like the future of categorizing the Godzilla films, mm-hmm. but 
It's, it's safe like, to say Shin will probably be in there as like one of those one-off films, mm -hmm. like you know, Elseworlds. That could probably be a good yeah. way to explain yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, like an alternate storyline or an alternate universe alternate storyline out of the canon kind of thing. So the the hey, anime the anime trilogy that they showed in Netflix is going to be a part of this era. Looks like it. That's interesting. That is very, very interesting. Oh, so is that yeah. something that's already out on Netflix? Yeah, yeah there's the, uh, three there movies. Three yeah. anime, anime movies based on Godzilla. It's called uh, Planet Eater. And that, that um, well, that show, was the last movie. Right. So that, that show um, envisions a world where humanity has to leave the Earth because Godzilla takes over. He, he is, he is the king stuff. of the planet, right? And so there's actually I'm not gonna spoil it. Well, there's a reason why we're planning to go to Mars soon, so because <laughs> of Godzilla. It all right? adds up. You know it's a very interesting yeah. take on the Godzilla so mythology. It is a very it's interesting. Take. That's something to look forward so. to, though. So the Rayway yeah. era. That, that probably means that this movie is gonna be of tremendous consequence. So that. Well, makes it so meta. Is, this upcoming Godzilla movie is it like? The end game of this phase of Godzilla movie? By no means. No, By there's no another means. one coming. Oh, no, that, no, no, because I thought this was the next phase. I thought no, was it is part of this phase. Oh, okay. They're setting. As I was. Oh, I you know how Iron Man basically oh. branched. You know how Iron Man basically branched out into the MCU. Right. That's probably what Godzilla Two is gonna do. Oh, okay. Ah. Okay. There's another movie coming after this. So it, this is this era right now. That's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mm -hmm. thought it was like a future era. Rewa. The next movie? Next Rewa. movie is versus Kong, right? Rewa. Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, yeah. next year. Yep. Right. That's right. I forgot about that. That is the big, big event. This is this is leading up to Kong versus I, Godzilla. I enjoyed Kong Skull Island, by the way, years ago. Yeah. That was a nice movie. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. So that's there the thing. Go. So some details about the the, the, Rewa the state of this. Rewa? Rewa? Rewa. Rewa. <laughs> Right. I don't know how to pronounce it. We've spent enough time trying to figure out how to pronounce stuff today, okay? That's, <laughs> that's enough that. That's enough that. Guys, there's okay. a quick update. Ico, <laughs> iOS. We're showing our hand <laughs> here, actually. Oh, gosh. There's actually a quick update no, I got to no, mention. No. It's not Marvel or Godzilla related, but it oh. is important to know anyway. Uh, you remember Star Wars Theory? He created the beta fan film. Well, he's um helping promote um another mm -hmm. fan film. Not He's not creating, but one of his boys creating. Jamie Costa is creating the Kenobi fan mm -hmm. film. It will release. I don't know when, but a trailer has already dropped. It looks pretty cool. It takes place um, between episode three and four. Obi-Wan on Tatooine. You know what's going on. He's watching over Luke and whatnot. But, yep, it's another Star Wars fan film that's happening. What's the YouTube channel again? Shout it out again. Check I don't know what it is, but the, um, the name of the guy making it is Jamie Costa. Star Wars Theory is promoting it. Star Wars Theory is promoting him. So Star, Star Wars Theory is not involved whatsoever. His... He's just, you know, putting the word out. Because he has such a good fan film yeah, recently yeah. that you figure he's going to want to help the rest of the community. Especially with... Are still are still pending discussion about how Disney is handling this whole Star Wars yeah. thing. But I'll stop it right there because if we get into this, Hello. we're gonna be in a lot of trouble Hello. about how we characterize Star Wars. Oh, and we're still waiting for some other more extreme opinions of oh. some of our other podcasters, some who hate it more, some who love it more. And I'm actually excited to have that conversation relative. I just I just don't want to see Disney put a claim on this Kenobi fan film. That's it. So so here, not. here you go. I just I just went on to Star Wars Theories IG page, and he 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 credits Jamie Costa, yes. who's an actor. He's he's I think he's the one that's playing uh, Kenobi, right? Oh, okay, okay. And this is an Indiegogo project. 
Um, and it appears that's all. That's all it says. Is this Star Wars Kenobi fan film? Indiegogo. There you go. Those are the deets. There's the deets. Deets, deets, deets. Sounds good. All right. Well, I think that was a pretty awesome discussion about the possibility of uh, introducing some of the Ultimate Universe into the MCU. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's exciting new news about Star Wars theory, the Kenobi fan film, and some awesome news about the Godzilla Monsterverse and its new era, the Rewa era. Rewa. 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 Whatever it's called, it looks like it's going to be pretty freaking awesome. We want to thank you all out there and the internet for joining us once again for another pop culture over pizza, pizza party. As always, like, share, subscribe, check us out on Instagram, check us out on Twitter, check us out on Facebook, search for us on Google Podcasts, search for us on Apple Podcasts. We're pretty much freaking everywhere, guys. Pop culture over pizza. Check us out. Thanks for joining us once again for another awesome discussion. And I am saying peace to you all. My name is Jose. Baratheon Balrog for the night is dark and full of terror. <laughs> Metatron bidding the adieu and hail to the king. Man, I'm just Walt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just Jose, but that's good enough. Thank you all once again for joining us. Like, share, subscribe, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Find us wherever you can. Email us at popcultureorpizza at gmail.com. And... Once again, as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay geeky, my friend.